The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruits as, your, as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say of yourself, to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. We live in a culture and a time when tolerance, acceptance, affirmation, safe spaces are kind of the thing that is all around us. We can't seem to get around us a particular issue without one of those things coming up, one of those issues coming up. And in the first two readings from the, uh, from the prophet Isaiah and from the apostle Paul, we are told what good will come when we have harmony and unity, as St. Paul tells us. As Isaiah tells us, the wolf will lie with the lamb, and there is no safer space for a lamb than, I guess, to lie with a wolf. And into this kind of safe space, John the Baptist comes like a wild man, with a hammer of righteousness and justice and indignation. John the Baptist comes and reminds us that we must change our lives. We must change our lives every day. That there is no standing idly by in our service to the Lord. John the Baptist says, repent. That's the translation here. The Greek word is metanoiate, which means literally to change your mind, to change the way in which you understand things. We get the noun metanoia, which is another word for conversion. We must change our lives. 
in preparation for Jesus. Not only that, but he comes in and he attacks the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He goes after them. He looks at them because they represent the status quo, the safe option, the easy way. You just keep the laws and there you're safe and you're ready to go. And he refers to them as a brood of vipers. The word in Greek here is generation of vipers, children of vipers. So he's not just attacking the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he's attacking their entire ideology. Everything that they're about, he is attacking. And why does he call them vipers? Because a viper, or any venomous snake, when it attacks something larger than itself, strikes and then recoils, it disappears. And he is trying to challenge them that they're coming and they're confessing their sins, but it's having no impact. And woe to them, and woe to us, if we are like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Woe to us if we come to Mass on Sunday and say, all right, that's it until next week, I'm good. What John is trying to tell each and every one of us is that this Jesus who comes, who is to come at Christmas, who has already come and is coming again for us, is calling us to a constant and continuous conversion of life in the Holy Spirit. And so, John the Baptist says that Jesus will give us a baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. What does this mean? Well, the fire part is left up to scholarly debate, but I'll offer my own two cents here. The fire, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, remember at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends as tongues of fire. The fire is what strips everything away, everything that is superfluous to our life away. And so when we go before God after receiving this baptism of fire, we go with the good parts, we go with the bad parts, we go with the ugly parts. If we strip down our life to what we hold essential, what we do on a daily basis, there should be something in there that we are saddened by or even ashamed of. And this baptism of fire strips us away so we can identify that. So instead of fleeing from it or suppressing it, we can address it in Christ Jesus, in the Holy Spirit. And in our baptism, we are given the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit that Isaiah mentions today in the first reading are what sustain us, are what make <coughs> this way of life possible. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are seven of them. There will be a test in the gathering space or downstairs afterwards. The seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are piety, fortitude, fear of the Lord, wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. All of those things are what the Holy Spirit gives us. Remember, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. It's not something that we just get from time to time. It's something that burns and dwells within us. And these gifts of the Holy Spirit help the good habits. Remember, we're supposed to live virtuous lives, which are lives of good habits, good activities and dispositions. The three primary virtues that we talk about are faith, hope, and love the greatest of which is love. And love is not an emotion. Remember, love is an action. It's a disposition. It's something we do. But we are broken. We are not perfect. We don't know the ways of God. And so God gives us himself and the Holy Spirit to make it possible for us to love more perfectly. And perhaps an example would be the fear of the Lord. Uh, for those of you who are younger, probably most of the college students here, you might have gotten wonder and awe is the gift of the Holy Spirit in your confirmation class. 
I prefer fear of the Lord because it's a more striking image. <laughs> but fear of the Lord helps us to recognize that we don't do things because we fear going to hell, but we fear not serving and loving God in a way that is reflective of his love for us. It's like that fear that we have of our mother and father. Yes, they can punish us, but more importantly, they can lose heart in us or they can be disaffected by our actions. And so we do things to be pleasing and loving to them. And fear of the Lord helps us to understand with love that love is not about being nice. Love is about helping someone serve and be of service to others and to God in a more meaningful way. I'm not going to tell my brother or my sister, my friend, who is struggling with a terrible, sinful desire or inclination or action, I'm not going to tell him, keep up the good work. Just like I'm not going to tell the alcoholic, you're doing a great job. No, fear of the Lord impels me in love then to help that person, to reach out, to help build that person, to help that person address whatever they need in this life. This conversion that we're called to is a lifelong process. But as St. Paul tells us, it is through the endurance and the encouragement of Scripture that we are able to do this, that we are able to move forward. And so it's not a pie-in-the-sky thing, but we are called every day to convert our lives through prayer, through love, through praying with Scripture, and through going to the sacraments more regularly. This is not a difficult thing if we walk with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is within us. We are all called to be like John the Baptist. We are all called to cry out in the desert. And perhaps, especially at a big secular university, there is, for us in the modern times, no greater desert than on a college campus where oftentimes we have to hide the fact that we believe in God or we might be you know, ridiculed, mocked, or thrown out, or something like that. And so we must be the voice that cries out in the desert. We must prepare the way of the Lord in these next few weeks. The first place to start is in our hearts, through a conversion and through a reignition of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And may this begin with each and every one of us, and may it begin in the quiet of our hearts, in prayer, and before Almighty God, who loves us so much that he came, that he died, and that he dwells with us again.